Genesis chapter 12, and we'll talk about blessings, blessings and curses in the Bible, and um, both of those appear in the Bible, blessings and curses. Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you read that, there's a whole list of blessings and curses, and the children of Israel were told they could choose. They could choose either the blessings or the curses, and I think... Every one of us in this room this morning would say, we want to choose the blessings, don't we? We want the blessing of God on our lives. So I want to take just a few minutes and look at what the blessing of God is. I dealt with this a few weeks ago when I, I, I did this uh, thing on family, and I, I talked about the blessing of the family. So I'm going to touch on some of that today, but I wanted to drive down and drill down in it a little bit more to talk about the blessing of God in Scripture and how we choose the blessing. And then I'm going to talk about uh, the law of reciprocity next week, what it means to sow and give. This is the law of the kingdom. And then, then I'm going to do one more week where I'm going to talk about holiness and prosperity, something I'd never really given much thought to, but I'm telling you, it's all through the Bible, and it's powerful. Amen? Because God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you. Now be perfect before me. Those things coincide, holiness or righteousness and the, the life God wants us to live in the blessing. So, hallelujah. I, just, I, pray it's a ble- I pray it's a blessing to you. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. So God blesses us so that we can become a blessing to other people. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Can you say amen? God was starting this blessing. You know, the the Bible, the entire Bible is a story of God's redemptive plan. It's a story of God's redemption. If you read the first chapter, God is creating the earth. Second chapter, third chapter, creating man. Man falls. God sows the seeds of his redemptive plan right in Genesis chapter 3. He says, the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. Meaning there's coming... Someone from the woman's lineage, from Eve's lineage, who will crush the power of Satan. And of course, we believe that was a prophecy concerning Jesus himself. What theologians call the proto-euangelion, the first gospel, was preached right there. That there would be one coming who would crush the head of the serpent. Then Jesus comes and John says he came with this mission statement that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came that he might destroy the works of the devil. So God's been on a plan for thousands of years to unfold his redemptive purposes in humankind to destroy the work of the enemy and to bless humanity. And so it seems like all hope is gone. It seems like everything is lost. Genesis chapter 3, mankind sins and falls. Genesis chapter 6, there's this weird scripture where the sons of God take unto themselves the daughters of men. And there were Nephilim in those days. I've taught about it on Wednesday night recently. But there were giants in the land and God was, was up to here with their sin. And he said, I've had enough. My spirit will no longer strive with mankind. And then the flood came and wiped out humanity, all except Noah and his family. So we've had Genesis chapter 3, a judgment on mankind. Genesis chapter 6 and 7, a judgment on mankind. Then finally you think maybe God's going to raise up this perfect people from the lineage of Noah. But then what happens? By Genesis chapter 11, they're all gathering together in the plains of Shinar, building a tower to heaven. And I don't think it was just a great building project. I think they had something in their hearts where they wanted to be like God. That's always been the failing of mankind. If you notice in Genesis chapter 3, Satan tempted Eve and said, 
God knows that once you taste of this fruit, you shall be as God's. It was that temptation to be like God. Why? Because in Isaiah 11, or the Bible tells us that Satan desired to have his throne exalted above the throne of God. So pride made a devil out of an angel. Pride was the original failing of Satan. So then in Genesis chapter 6, there was something going on with the sons of God and the daughters of men, and it's like they were trying to produce this demigod race, and they were trying to grasp at divinity that wasn't theirs. Then we come to Genesis chapter 11, and they're trying to build a tower to heaven. It's like, again, they're trying to be like God. And God says, I will go down and see what's going on. And he comes down. And the Bible says there he confounds their languages so they can't communicate with each other because God said if they keep communicating with each other, nothing shall be impossible. So we have judgment in Genesis 3, judgment in Genesis 6 and 7, and judgment in Genesis 11. And we're like, can we get a break? Uh, Man has just failed and failed and failed and Genesis. And then you turn the page and you turn one more page over and it says, and the Lord spoke to Abram. When all else failed, God went and found somebody that would listen to him and do his will. And God went and found Abram and he called him and he said, I'm calling you out of your country, out of your people, and I'm calling you to a land that I'm going to show you, and I'm going to bless you. So what did God do for all the cursing? And what did God do for all the failings? He chose a person which would become a people, which would become a nation, which would produce a son that would bless the entire world. God was working His redemptive plan through that one man. And he said, there's eventually going to come a day when, Abram, you will bless all of humanity. How is that going to happen? Because there was a son born of the line of Abraham named Jesus. Read Matthew's genealogy. Read the genealogies of the New Testament. Tracing it all the way back to Abraham. Matthew does because he's got a Jewish gospel thing going on. And he shows how that Jesus came directly from the line of Abraham. And that that was a direct fulfillment of Genesis chapter 12. God was coming to bless all people. That makes me want to run around this parking lot in the rain this morning. Amen? Amen? That God was coming to bless us. That we're here this morning because of the fulfillment of that passage of Scripture. And we are called now the blessed. Look at your neighbor and say, whether you think it or not, I'm blessed. I am blessed. So let's talk about what a blessing is. First of all, the Bible, all throughout the Bible, it talks about blessings. In the Hebrew language or in the Hebrew culture, we see parents, Jewish parents, speaking blessings over their children. The term blessed or blessing occurs over 400 times in the Hebrew Bible. It was a big deal to the Jewish people. To bless, mean, to bless means to bow or kneel before someone. So actually, the Old Testament way, or Hebrew Bible way of blessing was not kneeling and receiving it, but was kneeling before someone and giving a blessing. Kneeling in a servant's posture like Jesus did when He knelt before His disciples and took towel and basin and He washed their feet. He blessed them in a servant's posture. So it means to kneel or bow before someone and it really means to empower them to prosper. To bless someone is really to empower them to prosper. Hallelujah. So the greater one, so to speak, bows before the lesser and blesses them and empowers them to prosper. That's what God did. He came down to us. The greater came to the lesser. And he gave himself as a servant to bless us. This makes me want to smile. You can't preach this without smiling. 
the Hebrew term for blessing is barakah, which means a transmittal of God's favor. God's favor being transmitted to someone so that they might prosper and thrive or succeed or do well in life. And it really applies to all areas of life. If the blessing of God is on you, His blessing is coming to bless you in all areas of your life. And we often only think of this in terms of money, but it's much greater than money. In fact, money is just a manifestation of what's happening in your life, really. I want my life blessed. How many want your life blessed? You just you want the blessing of God on your life. And it's going to manifest out in, in all these many ways. Can somebody shout amen? amen? So blessing is imparting God's message and God's favor to a person. And if that's true, then curse must be the opposite of that. It is the imparting of Satan's message and his desire for your life. That's what a curse is. It's imparting Satan's desire for your life and his message to your life. I don't want to be cursed. I want to be blessed. I want God's favor and God's message to be spoken into my life. Hallelujah. And we know from the Bible that these things are passed down generation lines. That once you start walk the, the Hebrew way is that we walk in blessing. And then that blessing is transferred down to my children. And then that blessing is transferred down to their children. And then that blessing keeps growing and keeps prospering and keeps expanding through the generational lines. You may say, yeah, but Pastor Hans, I came from a bad background and I wasn't raised in a, in a Christian family or a family that believed in any of this. Okay, that's fine. It all ends with you. All of the curses end with you. It ends with your generation. Because the blood's now been applied to your life if you're a born-again Christian. And now the curse has been broken, according to Galatians 3.13. And because the curse has been broken, now the blessing of God rests upon you. And now all of these things reverse and turn around with your generation. There were certain things in the Hess family that I saw the men in the Hess family struggle with. They, they ended with me. Am I perfect? No, I'm not perfect. But I am redeemed and I'm blessed. And those things ended with me and my generations. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Things that took them out not going to take me out. Glory to God. I'm going to declare it right now. Why? Because I have come into something that some of them weren't walking in. I came into the blessing of the Lord. And the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds favor to it. Hallelujah. And I'm walking in His blessing this morning. Come on. Hit about three people on top of the head and tell them you are blessed. I feel like Jim Rayleigh. I'm going to lay hands on myself and catch myself and cover my own self up with a modesty cloth. Hallelujah. God is good. Listen to this. This, is, this comes from Jewish sources. Okay, in the, in the Torah, which is the first five books of the Old Testament, blessings are seen as a conduit. The blessing of God is a conduit for spiritual and physical potential. Listen, the blessing of God is a conduit for spiritual and physical potential. So God blesses Adam and Eve to fill the world. God blesses Abraham to bless all of his descendants. Jacob steals the firstborn blessing and alters his future. The high priests of Israel bless the nation with an ever-expanding relationship with peace. The list goes on and on and on of this blessing cycle in the Hebrew Scriptures. The Talmud, which is commentary on the, on the Torah. The Talmud teaches a blessing is found in an object that's hidden, that's hidden from the eye, suggesting that the power of blessings are found in that which is not seen. It's a reality behind what is readily observable. That God comes in a supernatural way and touches us. And even though you might not be able to see it, you'll see the manifestations of it. You know, the other day the wind was blowing strong here for like two days, right? I couldn't see. I never saw the wind. 
I never saw it. But man, I saw the flags blowing just as, it looked like they were going to rip off the pole they were blowing so strong. That's the way the Holy Spirit is with you and I. We can't see Him, but we see how He moves in our lives. We can't see the blessing of God, but we see how it starts manifesting out of our lives. In mission work, there's something missiologists call redemption and lift. And that's proven, it's a proven scientific fact that when the gospel goes into a certain community or a certain society or a nation or a people group, the gospel goes in and when it's, it's begun to be preached, the society changes. Prosperity comes, crime rates drop, mental health is improved, Families start staying together. Marriages are healed. Relationships are restored. And that whole society will lift given time. Some of you have experienced that in your own families and in your own lives. I know some of your stories. You came broken to the Lord and shattered and cursed. And then when you gave your life to the Lord and you started obeying His Word, God started pouring out the blessings on your life and it just started oozing out of every pore of your being and every aspect of your life. Somebody shout hallelujah. So the Hebrew word for blessing, bracha, shares the same letters as the Hebrew word for pool. Hinting that when one offers a blessing, we're actually gathering power and unlocking God's life source. Like a pool is being cracked wide open. And also in the Talmud, it states that each person is obligated to recite these 100 blessings each day in Hebrew culture. Suggesting that the way we way we are to live is to be connected to God, living a life immersed in blessings as we bless Him and we bless others. It's a blessing cycle. And it's actually forbidden to benefit from the world without making a blessing in return for someone. So the Hebrew culture has this idea, I, it's wrong for me to be blessed and not do something good for someone else. It's wrong. That's called hoarding. And we don't want no hoarders in here. <laughs> Believe me, I just moved my house with some help from some friends, a lot of friends. And of all the life changes I've been through recently, moving of that house was the most difficult one to walk through. Because how many of y'all have ever moved a house before? You feel my pain. But I got to realizing... I was more of a hoarder than I thought. And I don't want to hoard because you know what happens? I used to ride motorcycles in the mountains and we would ride these old coal mining strip jobs and, and we would hit the, these, these uh, water puddles, these mud puddles, and you would go through them. And sometimes they had been stagnant and nothing had touched that for days. And you talk about stinking. When you would hit that thing, the water would spray and it smelled like sewage. Why? Because that's what happens when somebody is blessed and they do nothing with it. I'm going to preach it to the back row. That's what happens when we are blessed and do nothing with it. It just becomes stagnant and it stinks. But there were other places that we would ride and we would find these fresh streams. I don't know how healthy this was, but we had stopped the bikes get off, kneel down, and start drinking from the streams. Why? Because they were fresh, they were clear, they were clean. Because that's what happens. When God blesses you, you're to let that thing, I will bless you and you shall be a blessing. I will bless you and you shall be a blessing. I will bless you and you shall be a blessing. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody say it with me. God bless me, and I will be a blessing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a praise in here. Hallelujah. God's way of prosperity, God's way of blessing is to pour out on us so that we may bless and empower others. Hallelujah. Okay. Numbers, Deuteronomy, or Numbers uh, 
chapter 6 rather, Numbers chapter 6, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. The priests were to say this over the nation. It was a blessing. God wanted it spoken because it's one thing to be a blessing to someone It's another thing to be a blessing to someone and say it. That's why it's important that we bless our children and we bless our spouse and we bless our work situations. We bless our church. We bless our brothers and sisters. We bless our state. We bless the nation. It's important that we do that because there's power in what we say. If it weren't so, God would not have commanded that they speak these blessings. If it was just meaningless, it wouldn't have been commanded. But God commanded that the nation speak these blessings over each other. The parents speak these blessings over their kids. The priests speak these blessings over the people. Can somebody shout amen? So stop cursing your family. Stop speaking Satan's desires over your family. Stop speaking Satan's desires over your marriage. Stop speaking Satan's desires over the state of North Carolina, no matter how frustrated you are with them. Let's start speaking the blessing of God, not saying we're not truth speakers, we're truth speakers, but let's speak the blessing of God over all of our situations. Come on, somebody, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and God is able to make all grace abound to you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. God's standard is abundance. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you've sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Paul's talking to them here about giving. And he's saying God wants us to have an abundance so that we can do the gospel work. And if that becomes the standard he wants for us and he's given us the power to do that in seeds. When we sow seeds, God brings forth a harvest from those seeds. Genesis chapter 1 verse 22. God's blessing comes upon you so that He might empower you to do what He's gifted you to do in life. Genesis 1.22, And God blessed them, Adam and Eve, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters of the sea and let the birds multiply on the earth. Well, he told them, be fruitful and multiply the earth. Then he speaks to the world that everything should do what it's created to do. So the blessing comes upon you to do what God's created you to do. Yes. Hallelujah. May God bless you and give you vision and inspiration for inventions. May God bless you and may He give you the inspiration for business ideas. May God bless you and give you the inspiration for how to raise your kids, even that strong-willed one. May God bless you and increase you and give you financial wisdom to know how to invest and to save and to bless other people. May God bless you and give you missionary ideas that maybe no one else has thought of and a way to reach people in your community or overseas. May all of this flows from that pool of God's blessings. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. So blessings are little glimpses of the kingdom of God, of the way God created things and His original intentions for you and I. And He places these divine inklings into our hearts so that we may go distribute them throughout this broken and sin-cursed world. Hallelujah. In the book of Mark, before the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus blesses a little boy's lunch and it feeds 5,000 people. When Jesus' mom and dad brought him to the temple, the priest Simon blessed the baby Jesus. In Luke 24, Jesus blessed His disciples. In Leviticus chapter 9, 
Aaron blesses the people. In Joshua 22, Joshua blesses the people. In Hebrews chapter 11, it tells us of the incident in Genesis where Jacob blesses his sons before his death. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3, 9, that we are to repay evil with blessing. Listen, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and He will grant you His blessing. It's easy when somebody says something about us, we think, well, bless God, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. And we want to just blast them. But the Bible says, bless them. And then when you start that blessing cycle, God starts blessing you. Because when you repay them with the same hatred they give you, it only stirs up anger and resentment and bitterness in your heart. And I'm preaching better than you're amening right now. But when you give them back blessing, then you get that out of your spirit and God opens up the windows of heaven and that pool is tapped and all that blessing starts running over you. I've practiced this a lot in my life because every time someone in Virginia cuts me off or, or makes a move on me in traffic, that it's often accompanied by a hand signal. And I've had people do that to me and man, it run through me like fire. I had someone basically, well, I'll leave the video. We're going to speak well of North Carolina. Hallelujah. But Virginia is my home state. But nonetheless, I've encountered some people who flip you off in Virginia. And, and I'm, I'm, you know, your flesh riles up immediately and thinks all kinds of crazy stuff. But you know what I started doing? I just started praying for those people. Mostly praying in tongues. Because sometimes I'm too angry in my flesh. So I just want the spirit to take over. Oh, hallelujah, God bless them in Jesus' name. I want to choke the gizzard right now, but God, you bless them in Jesus' name. <laughs> and it's amazing what happens when you do that. When you start repaying blessing for insult. Come on, somebody punch your neighbor and say, you know he's telling the truth on you. Come on, how many are blessed in here? Come on, give me a witness. I've just only gotten a piece through this. Okay, then if you're blessed, then you need to become a blessed sir. So how many blessed sirs do I have in here? Okay, you're walking in Walmart. And you may not realize it, but you carry within yourself the power to bless. And you're walking down the produce section. And somebody's in front of you and you're trying to get to the bananas. They're still going to be there if you just hold your peace. But you have the power even under your breath to start blessing that person in the name of Jesus. Oh, how, I, We could go on this for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. The Bible says in Romans 12, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Luke 6, 28. Jesus said, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Revelation chapter 5. In heaven, God receives all the blessing. Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Revelation 7, 12, and they sang, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength belong to our God. That's why the Bible says, Bless the Lord. You and I have the ability to in turn bless the one who blesses us. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. 
heals every disease, forgives every sin, crowns our life with loving kindness, blesses us with a long and satisfied life. Can somebody shout amen? Oh, how, come on. Some of y'all been speaking a short life over yourself. Stop cursing yourself. Don't speak that stuff. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out of your life. Speak a long and prosperous and healthy life over yourself. Well, Hans, you're just talking magic now. No, I'm talking Bible. If I'm talking, if I'm just dreaming up stuff, that's one thing. But if I quote the Word of God over my life, as a matter of fact, in Greek, the New Testament term for confession is homologeo. It's homo, the same, legeo, saying, saying the same things. I can say the same things that God has said over my life and not be telling a lie but I'm declaring what he's spoken over my life and I'm bringing that blessing and opening that door of blessing on my life because I'm just confirming what the Lord has already spoken over my life okay that's an introduction point one. Second thing how, how God wants us blessed what is a blessing but how does he want us blessed there's a story in 1 Kings chapter 17. There's a story where Elijah is sent to a widow woman. And he's sent to this widow woman because Elijah has prophesied famine over the land because God told him to. And so what happened? Famine hit the land at the word of the prophet. And then after that, God sends him to a brook and he sits by the brook and drinks fresh water and ravens bring him food to eat. It's wild. But then the Bible says the brook dries up. The brook dries up and now he's got to move on to another season in his life. So what does he do? God sends him down to a widow woman who has only enough meal left to make her and her son one more pone of cornbread. And then they're going to die. That's it. What audacity the prophet has. And he comes down and he looks at this poor widow woman. And he says, bake me a cake first. What? He was testing her faith. It had to be. Testing her trust. Testing if she really believed in the Lord. Does she believe that God would take care of her? Bake me, take what you have and make it for me first. The Bible says this woman obeyed. She obeyed. What an incredible woman, huh? She obeyed and baked it for the prophet of God first. And then every time she went back to that meal barrel, there was enough for her and her son. Because God wanted to supply for her supernaturally. But to do that, she had to break out of her natural understanding of things and get over in the supernatural faith realm. And when she stepped over into the supernatural faith realm, God opened up the pool of blessing on her life to provide for her. So I believe God's standard is abundance. And let me just explain this. That means God owns it all. If, if his standard is abundance, he owns it all. Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, Psalm 24. Bible says in Deuteronomy 10 that uh, behold, to the Lord your God belongs heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth and all that's in it. So even though Satan is the prince of the power of the air and he has a certain leeway in the earth realm now, though he's a defeated foe, he's still loose for a season. God really owns it all. This is really God's place. Psalm 89, the heavens are yours, the earth also is yours. Genesis 14, when Abraham defeated the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah and all that crowd and he came out, he met Melchizedek on the way back. The Bible says he paid him a tithe, which means a tenth of all that he had. And then he said that Melchizedek blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. Means God is blessing you, Abram, because he owns it all. There is no recession in heaven. There's no inflation in heaven. Nobody's broke in heaven. 
So listen, the government doesn't own it all. The businesses don't own it all. The kingdoms of this world don't own it all. The wealthy people don't own it all. God owns it all. God owns it all. The wealthiest man in this world is poor in comparison to the kingdom of heaven. God owns it all. This is the principle of abundance. Because, and why am I saying this? And I'm being strong with it this morning because so much religious tradition has taught us a scarcity mentality. And that is there's only so many people to go around for the churches. We don't need more churches because that would take people away from churches. Listen, we need all I know. There's something like 37,000 lost people we found out a few years ago in this area. Every one of them need to be saved. And if every one of them got saved, they'd pack out every church in Elizabeth City and we'd have to build twice as many churches. We need churches. Somebody says, well, I don't want to, you know, God only has so many resources. If he blesses this brother, he won't gonna, ain't going to have enough left for me. He's not limited to a number on his bank account. He's not limited to a bottom line. The Bible says he owns it all. So if God blesses my brother, I shouldn't get jealous like God only has so many nice cars to go around. I like what one guy said. If he's blessing somebody in your neighborhood... It means he's in the neighborhood. <laughs> that means he's in the neighborhood and you might be blessed next. I love it. Jonathan Shuttlesworth recently said, he said he was riding a Cadillac. Some guy came and said, you're a preacher. Where in the world did you get that Cadillac? He said, down at the Cadillac store. They sell them every day. <laughs> Selling them every day. Exodus chapter 9, Moses said to Pharaoh, he said to Pharaoh, as soon as I've gone out of the city, I will stretch out my hands to the Lord. Thunder will cease and there will be no more hell. That's a bold man. He's saying this plague right now that, I've, that God is bringing upon you because I've released it. When I get out of this city, I'm going to stretch my hands for it. It's going to stop. It says, so that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. In other words, Pharaoh, so you may know you're not the man. God is God and God owns it all. Come on, somebody. Psalm 50, verse 11, For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills is mine. Leviticus 25, The land shall not be sold in perpetuity, for the land is mine. God forbid the Israelites for selling the land that He had given them because He said this land isn't yours, it's mine. I gave it to you. I'm the one for you are strangers and sojourners with me. You're only here for a period of time, but this land I've given perpetually to the children of Israel. So God, God's standard is abundance, and poverty is not a blessing. I know the church has taught for many years the Catholic Church requires poverty in some select orders, but even that is a voluntary voluntary. Uh, commitment that some of those men and women make so that they can focus their lives fully on the gospel. But nonetheless, they're even in houses where they take care of each other. I've been in some of them. So to teach poverty as a, a mindset I think is absolutely wrong because I've been in third world countries and poverty is not a blessing. I know I've heard stories of my, and we're not that far removed from it. My grandparents tell stories or told stories of growing up with couldn't hardly rub two dimes together and had to save everything and, you, you know, I mean, come on. And it's a blessing. It, you can be spoiled by the blessings, but we're not going to do that. Amen? Amen? But it's a blessing to, for God to be able to provide for you enough that we can go home and have something to eat today. It's a blessing to be able to wash your clothes in an electric washer and dryer. <laughs> it's a blessing to ride a vehicle to church this morning and not have to walk in the rain all the way. I'm just telling you, God has blessed us. And poverty is not a blessing. If you read the Bible, the Bible says, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber. So poverty is like a robber and want like an armed man. Proverbs 10, 15, a rich man's wealth is a strong city. The poverty of the poor is their ruin. 
so I think we need to get out of our mind this idea that God's trying to make us broke. I know this is strong preaching, but I got to get it out there. I think it. I think it, we need to get it out of our minds that God's just trying to starve us out. And another thing about this abundance principle is that according to the Bible, God delights in blessing His people. God delights in blessing His people. He gets happy about it. Dana and I went to see uh, my little grandson Maverick the other night, and we literally had the we had this these little cars. And since we were babysitting, I was like, I got to have some backup plan here. If things go south, I'm bringing out a gift. <laughs> and so we had these little inexpensive cars, but we broke out those cars, and everything was all right from that moment on. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And I was blessed to give them to him. I was happy to pull them things out, open them, untie the ties, and let him play with them. I was happy. I'm happy to bless my kids. I don't think, well, my kids are getting blessed. That's wrong. I'm going to do something about that. This, that's just stupid. How, how many of you, being evil... Know how to give good gifts to your kids. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? I believe God wants to bless us. He's not trying to break us. He's trying to make us. Hallelujah. He's opening doors and giving us a blessing of His Spirit and giving us ideas and making contacts and hallelujah, pouring out His resources on us. Why? Because He takes delight in blessing His people. Somebody give Him a shout hallelujah. Come on, somebody give Him a better shout hallelujah. Y'all hang with me. I got, a lo- I got a long way to go and a short time to get there. And I'm southbound and down, right? Psalm 35, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. Let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Joshua 1.7, meditate in my law day and night and I'll cause your way to be prosperous for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. 1 Chronicles 22, then you will prosper if you take care to fulfill the statutes and judgments which the Lord charged Moses. 2 Chronicles 26, he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Deuteronomy 28, and the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord, your, the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Psalm 68, God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity come on somebody shout hallelujah I'm, pre- this, I'm preaching better than you're shouting but it's alright I'm just going to keep plowing ground amen final, final thing I want to deal with and we're going to bring it down to a close so how do we get into these blessings I'm going to give you three things number one you got to repent if you're walking in blatant sin and rebellion against God you're not going to walk in the blessing of the Lord Jonathan Kahn said something recently that I thought was really interesting. He was talking about, you know, he's a Jewish, a Messianic Jewish rabbi. And he was talking about the three festivals each year of Israel. And what those festivals were about was all male Israelites had to come to Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles and Feast of Passover and Feast of Pentecost. And when they would come, he said it was about repentance. Because God wanted to release and continue the blessing on His people. And to do that, there were these annual, almost like checkups. Come back, pay the vows, pay the tithe, receive the blessing of the Lord. Let the priests bless you. Go back into the countrysides and in the towns and villages and live in the blessing cycle that God has for you. So if you're not walking before the Lord with a clean heart, get it right this morning. Repent, 
get all the stuff out so that the blessing can flow because God comes and the prosperity is wed with righteousness. Second thing is, you got to get into the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. We've got to immerse ourselves in the Word of God, not just in religious tradition or in Fox News or CNN News. Because if we're taking in 12 or 13 hours of that a day, your mind, your mind is going to shift and change. I'm telling you, it's just going to shift and change. You're going to see all the bad and all the negative and all, boom, 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 boom. Think and meditate and talk about the things of God. Get in the Word. That's why Deuteronomy 6, he said, talk about these things when you go to bed. Talk about these things when you get up in the morning. Talk about them when you go to work. Talk about them when you're out in the field. In other words, talk about them all the time. Put them on your forehead. Let them be on your wrist. Put them on your doorpost. Put them on the city doorpost. Let them be everywhere you go so that the Word of God is resounding and, and ringing in your ears. So meditation is a Hebrew concept. Meditate means to ruminate, to think and chew on these things. You know, like a cow does. I don't, I'm, I don't totally understand all the biology, but a cow, he eats grass, he swallows it, it comes back up to greet him later and he stores a little bit of it aside so he can chew on it later. That's the way the Word of God is to be to us. We take it in, we ruminate on it, we meditate on it, we pray it, then it comes back later. We chew on it more, we ruminate, we meditate. You know, transcendental meditation is, is blank your mind. And allow anything and, and, and blanket so anything can come in. Biblical meditation is completely opposite. Fill your mind with the Word. Fill it with the Word and ruminate on the thoughts of God. And then I will make your way to be prosperous. So once we meditate on it and believe it, then we're supposed to act on it. So how do we act on it? First of all, we must obey it. If God is telling us to do something, we must obey what He's telling us to do. And part of obeying is speaking as well. Speaking it out, declaring it, praying it, changing the way we think, changing the way we speak. Can somebody shout hallelujah? hallelujah. Oh, come on, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. You know, when someone comes around you, they should realize they're in the presence of a blesser. They're in the presence of a blesser. When somebody says, well, man, I'm, I'm feeling sick in my body. You say, you know what? I know that he is the Lord that heals thee. I'd love to pray for you right now. You say, what? I thought you were going to get down in this hole with me. No, we're going to believe the word of the Lord. And I do sympathize, but we're going to pray for God's blessing. Amen. Amen. Well, everything's blowing up in my family. Okay. We sympathize with you. Now, let's speak a blessing into that right now. What can we do to bring it back together, to get this thing right, to get, get you guys back in that, that, that thing that God wants you to be in, that place that God wants you to be in? I know I've preached strong this morning and I've preached hard on this, but I wanted to really lay it out here before I get into the rest of this blessing and curses things. So I love what one preacher said years ago, and I'm going to close with this. Let's all stand. He said, if you think about the, the story of the prodigal son, what got the prodigal son in his mess was his big fat mouth. He went to his dad and he opened his big fat mouth and he, and he, and he spoke foolish things. He considered his father dead. Give me all my inheritance. Now I demand it. Foolishness. But what got him out of the mess was also his mouth. Because when he was in the hog pen eating what the hogs were eating, he said... I will go home to my father and I will say, just make me a servant in your house, Dad, and I'll be happy. He said, same mouth got me in this mess can get me out of this mess. And he went home and before he could even speak the words, his dad was running to him. Running to him with forgiveness and blessing and a robe and a ring and the sandals and all the status of a son and then called a, a giant festival to happen that night in honor of this lost son that had come home. So if you find yourself in a mess, maybe by your own words, how about you speak the blessing words and get yourself out of that mess right now? Come on, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for your word. 
Thank you for your word to us who believe. Lord, we repent right now for sin, for, for wrong believing, for wrong ways, God. Ways that we haven't served you and pleased you. God, but there's some in this crowd right now that need to really repent and really need to give it all to you. Lord, we do that right now. Come on, we do that right now in Jesus' name. We say, Lord Jesus, forgive us. We know if we've sinned, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and who cleanses us from all sin. And God, we, 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 we claim that promise this morning for our lives. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. And now, Father, touch my lips. Touch my lips that I may become a blesser. Forgive me for being one who's not been a blesser at all times. Lord, I want to be a blesser. I want to speak blessing to those around me, to my family, to my friends, to my church. I want to speak the words of life, not the words of death. In the name of Jesus. And I give you praise. I thank you, God, that you own it all. Lord, there are some in here this morning, Father, really are in physical need. They're in financial need. And God, I pray the revelation of your word lights them up this morning that they see, they see who you are and they see what they need to do and how they need to pray and how they need to operate, Lord. And I bless you right now in Jesus' name for it. Hallelujah. I thank you right now for it, God, in Jesus' name. Oh, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Come on, how about just, just as an act of faith, how about you just stretch your hands out where you are? And just right now in your own words, just start speaking blessing over your family. Speak blessing over your family right now. Your kids, your spouse, your cousins, aunts, uncles, mom, dad, grandkids, granddad, whatever. Just... Just, Lord, I bless them in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for them right now, Father. And I thank you for what they're going to do. I thank you, God, for bringing them into a new season. Hallelujah. Speak blessing in the name of Jesus. We remove the curse. We break the curse from our family, right? It ends with me in the name of It ends with me in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. It ends with me. And God, I give you praise right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on. While you're at it, speak a blessing over Fountain of Life right now. Hallelujah. Just speak a blessing over this church and over the ministries of our church and the leaders and the volunteers and the staff. and the, Just speak a blessing right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, we give you praise right now. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we give you praise. 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 Hey, guys, thanks so much for watching and listening to the podcast. And I hope these sermons have been a great blessing and source of encouragement to your life. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing today, Jesus is the answer. I can tell you, He is the answer for your life. I'd love to pray with you before we leave here. So if you never accepted Christ into your life, or if you just have a need in your life, let's lift it up to the Lord right now. Come on, pray with me. Lord Jesus, wash me from all sin. I accept you into my life. I repent of all sin, and I place you on the throne seat of my heart. Lord, I pray right now, you minister to each and every one who just prayed that short prayer with me. Whatever situation they're facing, give them grace right now. Give them the power they need to get through it, Lord. Give miracle signs and wonders today, Lord, to those listening in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We declare it done in Jesus' name. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and listening and watching us.